Okay, so um, here we are, January 15th, uh, 2021. Yeah, I don't even really know, know where to start with this. I mean, <laughs> I was thinking we could talk about, I mean, pr prior to recording this, obviously, and prior to last week's events, I was thinking we could talk about the Georgia Senate races, but <laughs> that kind of pales in comparison to the um, angry mob of insurrectionists invading the Capitol, incited by the President of the United States, him getting impeached over that, and Biden being sworn in, into office in exactly, what is it now, five days? So there's there's quite a bit um, going on. So that, that's all fun. The United States has no right, no desire, and no intention to impose our form of government on anyone else. No democracy can survive when it's public life, it's public goods are so privatized and militarized and individualized. So you won't take down lies or you will take down lies? I think it's just a pretty simple yes or no. So we tell a handful of billionaires who become phenomenally richer, yeah, you're going to have to pay more taxes. For our listeners who don't know, was he impeached and removed or just impeached? Uh, no, he was impeached. So he was impeached in the House of Representatives. Now it has to go to a vote in the Senate. And it, it looked like um, that vote, as well as the vote for, you know, whether he can actually run for, for office again, whether he loses his Secret Service detail and his pension and all that. It, it looks like that's not going to happen until after Biden takes office. Mm -hmm. And I'll bet you, I mean... Yeah, I will bet you. I would bet you five bucks that Biden is going to pardon him for unity. Really? Yeah, I I think that that is my prediction only because Biden has run on this platform of, you know, being the unity candidate and being, you know, like, let's get everybody back together type of. I think it's going to be in the same way that Ford pardoned Nixon uh, in order to say, like, look, like everything is OK now. I've got you, America. Mm -hmm. I I don't think that I don't think Biden's going to pardon pardon Trump. I think Trump and I don't think that this is likely, but I I think Trump resigning and Pence pardoning him for like the two days he's president. I think that's a lot more likely than than Biden pardoning him. Okay, I can see that. Even I can though see that and, outcome. And I, yeah, and I and I do know that. I mean, I I think you're right that Biden is, even if it's even if it's not what. I mean, and, and we can talk about what Biden really means by like unity and pragmatism and, and all the and all these things. But um, I mean, I mean, he then he like you know is calling the insurrectionists um domestic terrorists. Even even he is blaming Trump uh, for what happened there. So I don't see a situation where he would pardon him for that. I mean, he might. Um, we've seen Stranger Things, obviously, but um, right. I think a big reason too why Ford pardoned Nixon is because um, he was also his vice president. So there was sort of a connection there, even though they never really discussed that. And yeah, I think, I think sort of um, coming from the same party, all right, that that probably played a role in it too. So I just, I don't know. I, just, I, I don't see Biden doing that. He might, he might, but. I don't know. I think he's a lot more. I, I think that 
I think that I don't, I don't think that he's going to go as as far as he needs to probably with condemning some of Trump's worst actions, but I I don't think that he would pardon him. Okay. I I see what you're saying. But, I'm definitely picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, we'll see though. I think um so I heard you use the phrase domestic terrorists, and I've heard a lot of people on the internet saying that as well. And I I don't know about that because I, I've been calling them protesters. Um Ooh. These full <laughs> protesters. It, I don't know. I mean, like I I truly believe, you know, to play the devil's advocate, that some of them probably did have the intention of coming there and you know truly peacefully protesting and then things got out of hand yeah i think um, it was i mean you you use the word insurrection yeah so i i think it's i think it's um i mean i mean there are there are a lot of different phrases there's like i mean biden used the term domestic terrorism so yeah okay um, i i use the word insurrection some people thought it was a coup attempt um yeah, I've heard I, that as well, I and I, I don't know if I would characterize it that way. Yeah, I don't know if I would say it's a coup attempt, just because that I I feel like if you're going to do a coup, it requires some like um more well thought out process that's coming like either from the military or higher up. Which yeah. now it's you know they're starting to say like you know <laughs> was this an inside job? Who was really involved with this? Were the cops in right. on it, or some of them at least? I think I think it's right to call it an insurrection because I mean there were enough people who went there with the intent of you know hey we're going to storm the capitol and Trump said at that speech that day right down the street we're going to go to the capitol you know we're going to show them who's boss basically and you know this was Did you say that? I mean I, I, he said we're going to go to the capitol right and the intent was like we're going to make we're going to hold these people accountable we're going to make mm. them do we're going to make them do the right thing because we all know that it was rigged. We all know that it was a fake election. So we're going to go to the Capitol and I'm going to go with you. You know, and then he just went in the White House to the White House and hid. Um, Classic. So he's sicking his supporters on and, and, and yeah, a giant coward. Like, really? Why don't, why don't you why don't you get out, out, go out there and storm the barricades with all your all your supporters? Um, but he doesn't do that. He's like standing. And when he was giving that speech, he's like standing by behind like this plastic that's like protecting him from everyone else while they're all <laughs> huddled together in a crowd. It's just, yeah. But, uh, um, with no masks, of course. Right, exactly. But um, so he tells his supporters to do that and his supporters go. And um, I think someone had a noose out front. They were chanting, hang Mike Pence, hang Mike Pence. Um, wow. Looking around for Nancy Pelosi. All right, she um, she was hidden, obviously, but they went into her office and like destroyed yep. stuff. There was the guy who had his feet on the desk. He put his feet up on the desk. Yeah, I yeah. heard about that. They they cracked a bunch of mirrors and stole her laptop, and and her staff was like hiding under the desks, not knowing if they were gonna get uh get killed or not. There was one police officer too. I forget. I forget what his name was. Eugene something though who led a group of protesters down a hallway basically they they were walking towards the senate when all the senators were still in there or i just called them protesters whatever you want to call them <laughs> whatever <laughs> they, you want to call them they were walking towards the senate and this cop the, the this 
Capitol police officer um, led them the other way. Like, I think he, like, pushed one of the guys and pissed him off. So he led them the other way so that they wouldn't go into the Senate and maybe kill senators while they were still in there. Um, and I mean, if it weren't for people like that, they might've, you know, I mean, this could have been a lot worse than it really was. And And that's the thing. I think when you have, you know, members of Congress or representatives, whoever fearing for their life, I, I think at that point I would use some stronger verbiage to describe what went on, but when it comes to people standing around outside, you know, making fools of themselves saying, you know, well, we want Trump. I, I think it's okay at that point. And I, that's the thing is like, don't get me wrong. I think that when you're putting people's lives at risk, that is dangerous. That's in bad territory. But I think people have every right to protest something stupid. Um, I think, you know, like that guy who stole the podium. I don't have a problem with that at all. You know, you go in there. That's the people's podium. Our tax dollars paid for that podium. Take it. You know what I mean? But I and, you know, I think the putting your feet up on the desk of Nancy Pelosi, that does not personally offend me because she works for us and she doesn't do a good job. You know, she's the richest member of Congress and she's (laughs) talk about a crook. Um, We're talking about Nixon earlier, but I think like when people are fearing for their lives that that's a problem. And I think when there is violence, that's a problem. And key there is, you know, when it comes to contrasting this with the Black Lives Matter protests, right? You know, there was a lot of criticism because they were quote unquote riots and they they had a lot of violence involved. And I think that those are different because they are predicated on injustice which is in and of itself, racial injustice in and of itself is a form of violence. So I think that when those protests become violent, it's just kind of like you have to step back and say, well, you know, what did we expect? But with something like this, I think that the violence is less um, justified. That's kind of my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And this is, th- this one's interesting because um, because I, I, I agree with, with what you said, you know, people have the right, you know, to the, to protest and they have a right to things that their tax dollars paid for. But like the reason I would use the term insurrection is because the intent going there is we're going to, like, we want to overturn the results of a democratic election. And I know that like they think it was rigged, but it wasn't like all, all of the court cases have proved that, um, you know, they've, they've had like 50 court cases and they've in, I mean, provided no evidence. All these cases have been thrown out by, by Trump appointed um, judges nonetheless. But um, right. so and, and that's kind of and, and that's kind of the difference. Like you talked about, like the Black Lives Matter protests are predicated on injustice. They're predicated on um, police violence and a racist criminal justice system, whereas these are predicated on we just want Donald Trump, you know, and you and you saw really really like a mixed bag of people who were at this. Like you did have some people who were like beaten down by the system economically, but you had had also people who were like CEOs of companies who were there. Like some lady um, I knew f- flew in on a private jet, and, and they asked, "Oh, why are you here? Oh, oh, I'm here for the revolution. Don't 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 you know?" And <laughs> and and it's like and and that's the difference. Like it, these guys are like rebels without a cause. Like at a time mm. where when you could be, when you could be, you know, 
like I, I saw this meme the other day too, and it this is so <laughs> accurate. It's like it's like the French Revolution, except they're storming the Bastille to demand that the king keeps starving them. At yeah, a time when you could really be well you could be storming the capital saying, you know, we don't have Medicare for all in a pandemic. We demand healthcare yes. in a pandemic. Or we demand two thousand dollar checks, or or we demand, you know, that the government provide us relief. These people are storming the Capitol because they want this guy who's just going to basically do more corporate tax cuts and more deregulation of Wall Street. And, and I know that it's because they identify strongly with him. But I, it's just it was so weird to watch this because it just it shows how misplaced our priorities are. Like, mm. like the, the outrage is warranted and it's understand but it's coming from and it's directed at the like the exact wrong things that it needs to be 100 percent, and and i couldn't agree with you more i think like when i heard about what was going on i remember saying to someone like you know why can't they use this energy to protest the fact that we're getting two couple thousand dollar checks <laughs> you know what exactly. i'm saying like that is what this protest should be about and it's really fascinating how he was able to galvanize um such a large uh group of people to do that and it wasn't yeah. even you know what i mean like to go through because protesting it's hard to get people out to protest but even when it's on something that actually i mean as you and i would say is important it is hard to get people to come out and protest i don't know so like I guess the question is like, what are the implications when people feel that strongly about keeping Donald Trump in office? Yeah, I think the implications are kind of scary, but they're kind of up in the air. I think because I, I think the fact that that he was able to do that and that so many people were able to sort of come out for that cause. I mean, I think there's a lot of things. I think part of it is economic stuff, but I think also, you know, it's the fact that you have a media ecosystem that's propped up by corporate money that is mm. built on um, keeping people divided, keeping people at each other's throats. And that's um, certainly what's going on. All right. And I, I also think like the fact that people are so deep in their own bubbles, right? People are, have been totally duped by not only Trump, but also like Newsmax and One American News Network. Um, Fox News, and, and I mean, I know that they they didn't deny the election results, but they they really supporter their their viewers did. Yeah, and and they've been saying stuff that's been leading up to this all along. Like like you had to know that like pushing people to the edge, like it was going to result in people doing something crazy like this. And and these people are are totally in a different reality where it's like some Jim Jones stuff. And mm. I don't know what you do with that. I mean, I think it really goes beyond partisanship and um, polarization. You you really have people that they, they just they identify with Trump. They think Trump is the savior of everything. And if you if you reject that, then you know your your Dominion, your China, your um your Antifa. You're just it's 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 really it's a really bad situation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's interesting that you bring up Jim Jones. I was listening to a podcast about that yesterday, actually. Um, and like, that's the thing is when you have a charismatic leader who is so 
willing to lead people, um, you know, into whatever direction is convenient for them. I think that's a really dangerous thing. And, you know, but that's the thing, Nick, is people will say the same thing about us as supporters of Bernie Sanders. They say, well, you're, you know, just Mm. uh, crazy. You're, um, you know, fanatics. You're a Bernie bro. Yeah. So, I, I mean, at what point do we deem political fanaticism to be a dangerous trend? I think when it's built solely on the personality instead of like the policies or issues that that person's bringing to the table, like, and this Mm. is the thing that (laughs) really annoys me about people who like, they, Oh, these people are really into Trump. You're really into Bernie Sanders, you know? So, so there's really no difference. It's like, okay, well, why am I into Bernie Sanders? Am I do wield a lot of criticism for being into Bernie Sanders? Yeah, it's like, okay, wh- why do I like Bernie Sanders? Is it because of his um his posture or, or his overall sex appeal? Like, right, the way like, that he does his yeah, sex. Like, no, it's about he tells it like it is. It's about the policies. It's it's about the fact that he's pushing for and he's he's pushed for his entire career policies that help working people, policies that um hold corporations and corporate interests accountable, um, anti-war policies, pro-people policies. Um, and, and that could be anyone that could be Cory Bush, that could be AOC, that could be Jamal Bowman, um, any of these other members of Congress. It's not about the person. I don't care who the messenger is, as long as they're delivering, um, the message, as long as they're delivering the policies that, um, that we need enacted and a majority of Americans agree we need enacted with Trump, these people, and you ask them, they're not talking about policy. You're just saying, you know, mm. I like him. You know, I, I, I want to trigger the libs. I, I think, um, I think I remember Kanye West when he was in the Oval Office. He said, um, oh, I get, a, I get a lot of male energy from Trump. You know, I didn't have a father growing up, so, so, um, you know, I get a lot. I get, you know, which is so, very sad. Yeah, and it's and it's, <laughs> and it's sad because you kind of see that, you see like kind of Kanye West's own issues kind of playing out in that dialogue. Mm. Like, oh, I didn't have a father. So, you know, I get I get a lot of um, I get a lot of male energy from Trump. And when I put this hat on, I feel like Superman. I feel it's like, oh, no. Oh, stop. Stop. Right. <laughs> because I, it's a cult of personality, like you're saying. It's not yeah. so much about the policies. And that's the thing. And like, you know, I have a lot of Family members who are Trump supporters, I know a lot of Trump supporters. I do not want to put them all in a box. I do not think that they are all, you know, a bunch of stupid, toothless hillbillies. And I think, you know, that's a whole nother conversation. But I think that the left makes, not the left, the Democrats, make a big mistake when they lump all the Trump supporters into one group and act like they're all bad. But that's another conversation. I I don't think that all Trump supporters are like this, but quite a few of them if asked, you know, well, what do you like about the guy? It isn't policy based. Your answer yeah, you get is not going to be based in policy. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like all all of the things that these people, you know, to the extent that they talk about policy, they say, well, we're against corruption or we're against the establishment. It's like, okay, that's great, but Donald Trump is too. <laughs> ser- serving the establishment through his policies. That's the thing. Like he's basically doing. The same policies as you know George W. Bush or Mitt Romney would do, but because his personality is different, 
than a George W. Bush or Mitt Romney. That's what ultimately makes him appealing with the base. And Mm -hmm. because the division, in terms of like the division in the Republican Party, is based on that cultural element. Like we know the division in the Democratic Party, like it's based on policy. And and we can talk about that. But because their division is sort of based on um, cultural differences, I think that's going to be a rift that Mm. cuts a lot deeper and is is a lot harder to remedy. Mm. Interesting. That's a good observation. Uh, Another thing that happened, which I wanted to talk to you about, is the fact that our president, our commander in chief, was banned from Twitter. Now, I took to Facebook and I shared a controversial opinion about this because my view is, and, you know, I'm hoping that you'll respond to this and tell me what you think, but my view is I I don't think that he should have been banned from Twitter. And, you know, a bunch of other outlets banned him as well. You know, Pinterest, we're not going to get those weeknight recipes anymore from President Trump, unfortunately. Yes. Um <laughs> no, but uh, a bunch of other outlets banned him as well. But I, I think that when we allow corporations to dictate who gets to have their say and who doesn't, that is a very dangerous precedent to set. Because who's to say that, you know, some outspoken leftist uh, is going to lead a protest that is justified, you know, according to you and I, because it, like, you know, depending on who you ask, this protest is justified as well. But like some, my point is what's to stop the other side from doing something that pisses off the mainstream and then their effective voice gets revoked because, and you know, someone responded to me on Facebook and they said, well, Facebook is a private company. You know, they have every right to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, disallow people. But my argument in response to that is they were a private company at one point, but now, in the age of social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter, et cetera, are public utilities, much like, you know, energy or water. And obviously, they're not as important as water and energy, but they are something that everyone uses and something that everyone relies on as a way to communicate. So taking that into account, I really I do think that it's inappropriate for Trump to be banned. And now that being said, realize that that opinion is unpopular, but I, I truly believe that unless we stick to free speech in a fairly hardline way, we are in danger of uh, letting it slip through our grasp. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think you make a lot of good points there. Um, and number one, I, th- I think you're right on the first one, which is if you decide to go down this rabbit hole, and, and we've already started to go down it, where you're just banning people, um, and, and maybe there is good reason. All right. Um, he did incite that riot. All right. And that, that violates Twitter's terms of service. But when you start to go down this rabbit hole, it's, it's going to be used against the left. Um, it already has been in many cases. Um, and we know mm-hmm. why, right? Because the left actually is questioning power. It's not that we're just saying things. Because you know, a lot of the time what happens is, is people will get banned for saying things that are super controversial or saying things that, you know, are sort of breaching decorum, but the left is <laughs> saying things that like actually challenge the status quo, like actually Absolutely. challenge, um, you know, the opinions of the state department and the intelligence agencies and some of the most powerful corporations in this country. So if you don't think that 
that's going to set a precedent and that's going to be used against the left. Um, it's a, it's a, it absolutely is going to be used against the left. And there are probably a lot of liberals that, that don't care too much about that. They're just like, oh, finally, I don't have to see yeah. the tweets. But, oh, exactly. And th those are the type of people who were commenting on my post because they are just so sick of Trump and they just see Trump bad. Don't want to hear Trump anymore. Bad yeah. guy. No more. And they don't. I think I mean, I don't know if they have carefully considered. Again, the implications of that, but sorry, go ahead. I, I, I don't think they have because. Um, the long term effect of that isn't going to be good. I mean, I mean, and there's data to prove this. Like, there was a study that came out in 2012 where, um, I don't remember the specifics of it, but it, it basically concluded that when you decide to go that route, like when you decide that, you know, you have someone like Trump who's, he's obviously dangerous and, and he incited that riot and that cost people their lives and their safety. Um, and that's, that's all true. But when you go and silence someone who does that, um, that makes them, emboldened that sort of makes them look like a martyr and mm. and it makes people who listen to trump think oh i guess i guess he said there's a grain of truth to what he's saying because look they they banned him so in in turn like looking at this in, in in the long term not just like in the short term of like oh i can finally rest again i don't have to see the tweets looking at this in the exactly. long term like if you actually want to fix some of those problems we talked about earlier of people being super disconnected and people being super in their own bubbles and that kind of a thing. You don't do it by just banning where they're getting their, their, their views from. All right. They'll, they'll get those views from, you know, where, where, wherever, <laughs> yeah, where, wherever they can find them. The way, the way you fix it is through things like, you know, media literacy and education and things like that. Critical um, thinking. Yeah. So, you know, I agree with you. Treat these things like, public utilities treat them like the public square and yeah if someone's going to come out and say something ridiculous cool provide the counterpoint and say why they're wrong and if absolutely. you're correct you'll easily blow them out of the water yeah absolutely i agree with everything that you just said and i i think what we are missing is and we do this when we outlaw certain types of speech because that's effectively what it is it's saying you know no, you, you can't say that we've deemed that um, offensive and unpleasant. Now, you know, like you said, did he incite an insurrection? Many would say yes. But that being said, is that his responsibility now because that happened? Or is that does that responsibility lie with the people who took part in it? I think that ultimately it is up to the individual to read, you know, something that he says like, or what did he say in his speech? Oh, we're going to storm the Capitol. We're going to go down there and show them. Okay. Oh, he said yep. that. That's bad. As a president, very bad. I'm not going to argue with that at all. But I think it's important to recognize that the responsibility for what happened still lies with people who took it upon themselves to go through with storming the Capitol. Yeah, I think I think the responsibility is really on both ends. Like like when I say they, they shouldn't abandon, I, I'm not even... I'm not even like refuting the point that he incited an insurrection and mm -hmm. maybe, maybe that is grounds for being banned, you know? Sure. Whatever. I'm just saying like the like practical long-term implications of that. If you actually want to fix this problem of like Trump cultists being like totally mm -hmm. in their own universe, 
that's that's not how you fix it. Like I think I think mm. number one, I would give Trump um a majority of the responsibility because he's been talking about this for months. See you January sixth. See you January sixth. You know what's gonna happen January sixth. And then he gives that speech where he talks about we're gonna march to the Capitol. We're gonna go down there. Um we know that this thing was rigged and we're gonna and we're gonna fix it. So yeah, I mean, when you have the president of the United States saying that, um, he's a pretty influential figure. And I, I, I don't think I, I, I find it really hard to believe that that um, event, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, um, would have been as violent and as insane as it was if he hadn't been egging it on um, this entire time. So um, I, I think he's totally in the wrong. I think he's totally responsible in terms of the practical implication of, of fixing this problem and getting this country to a better place where um, a subset of the population isn't off in, in, a, in a different universe, I don't mm -hmm. think that um, banning him is, is the right approach. I think gotcha. educating people, helping people sort of understand what, what's really going on is, is, a much, is a much easier route. And, and I don't have a perfect answer for that, but... Um, I can tell you and, you know, look at the data. Um, it's just going to lead to him being a martyr and it's just going to lead to people having their 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 radical views reinforced. Absolutely. And I think when it comes to getting people to realize what the real problem is, I think that's where, again, I'm going to say it comes back to critical thinking. And that is why I am such a strong advocate for free speech is that I think that we need to have access to all of these opinions or most of them. There are some things that are unequivocally, I think societally, um, most of us realize are wrong. Um, I think racism is starting to become one of those things. I think, you know, other forms of discrimination, um, people know that's bad. But when it comes to, you know, well, I think we should protest on the Capitol. I don't think that that's necessarily something that we should be banning because again if you are a critical thinker and that's something you know as a teacher we need to teach kids how to do you're able to analyze information and look at something and say like you know is there truth to this like does this make sense does this line up with other evidence that i have that i've gathered you know from living and i think like so if we have critical thinkers, if we all choose to think critically, we're going to be able to look at something like uh, the amount of money that politicians take in order to run for office and how much the laws that they make are shaped by that money. We're going to be looking at, you know, how much our Congress people make compared to how much the stimulus checks were. And we yeah. can take you know, that, and we can say, like, does this make sense? And I, I truly believe that the American people are capable of that level of distinction. And that's why I think it's wrong for us to outlaw any voice, because that takes away the ability of the people to judge the information for themselves. Yeah. And um, yeah, I would agree. And, you know, one of the things we do in education, too, is sort of, you know, give the students all all these different sides right all these different viewpoints and then mm -hmm. let them come to their own conclusions and exactly usually um you know they're in pretty solid agreement like okay racism is bad um 
people storming the Capitol and, um, you know, trying to kill politicians who aren't overturning the election. It's probably not the best thing. And, but, but again, it comes back to the merits of the protest. Like, what are, what are we protesting? You know, are we, ju- are we just upset that our guy didn't win? Well, I don't think that's necessarily a reason to get violent. But if, if you, you know, are protesting um, over the fact that this government has been totally incompetent um, for the past, almost the past year in response to this virus, okay, I can understand it. All right, just like the Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter protests. When you look at um, police violence, when you look at how um, a lot of these cities have been on the receiving end of deindustrialization, the industry's been shipped out. There's no, there's no more investment there. Um, yeah, that's a form of violence. And, you know, you're out of your mind mm. if you think that it's not going to result in, in um, you know, more violence. And, and yeah, it's not, I get, it's not the same thing as like, it's, it's, it's violence. Like when we talk about like trade deals that have outsourced jobs, when we talk about like wages that have been stagnant for 40 years, that's violence that, you know, medical debt, student loan debt, that's violence that presents itself in, in, a, in a very different way where it's not like you can't put it on the TV and see it, it burning like, oh, the auto zone's going up in flames. But it's <laughs> but it's super impactful and it's it's much more impactful than, you know, a Denny's getting burned or whatever. But but again, Absolutely. if you put people in those conditions and, and that's what people experience. Yeah, that's going to be the response that they have. And, you know, I think it's our job to sort of say, okay, well, how do we deal with that? And I have one of the ways to deal with that is, is number one, you have to, you have to familiarize people with what the problems actually are. Like, it's so weird. Like there was this lady at an airport who was interviewed and she was at the um, insurrection. They were like, oh, why are you there? And she's like, oh yeah, you know, the politicians, they're all, they're all bought and owned by the Marxists. It's like, oh no, you were almost there. Had us in the first half. Exactly. That's the thing. Like, first of all, for for everyone listening, there's no money in in being a Marxist. Okay. That's not like, (laughs) oh, I'm going to go into this industry to make a lot of money. Um, but that's the thing. Like these people are, are almost there. They identify the problem. Like, okay, corruption, bad, the establishment, bad. Yeah. But that, that energy is like, it's being rerouted to something that, is not going to fix that problem. So what we need to do is is help take people um, who have that outrage, rightfully so, and actually direct it towards real solutions that are going to improve their lives and uh, hopefully improve the lives of others as well. Absolutely. Well said.